O God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So you may have noticed that our daily lectionary for these last few weeks is sort of running in parallel with the Sunday lectionary. So yesterday we heard the story of the widow who gave the widow's mite, which was the reading we had a couple weeks ago. And today we have the first part of Luke's small apocalypse, which was the reading that we had part of, not yesterday or two days ago, but the week before that about the destruction of the temple. So it's, it's sort of like these two streams running in parallel to reinforce what's going on in our liturgical year and what's going on sort of theologically at this time of year, which is this is the time of endings. We get to a new beginning when Advent begins at the end of this week. But in these readings, we are hearing about endings. And if you were here yesterday to hear John Lyne's sermon, he spoke powerfully about the fact that the story of the widow and the widow's might, which has been interpreted as the story about how wonderful it is to give and give and give, is, can also be read as a very devastating critique of the temple establishment. So that the, what comes right before it is where Jesus says, beware of the scribes who like to walk around in the long robes and they, they devour widows' houses. And then you see this widow giving her two coins. And then they all, the disciples and Jesus walk out of the temple and they say what we just heard in the reading. They were saying, oh, what a beautiful, wonderful temple. And he says, all of this is gonna be gone. All of this is gonna be torn down. Not one stone is gonna be left upon another. And then he goes in in the rest of Luke chapter 21 to talk about all the apocalyptic things, the things that are gonna happen, the wars, the rumors of wars, the disasters, the people afraid and shaken and all of this that's gonna happen. We'll hear some of that this Sunday too in our reading for first Advent. So when you look at this whole story together, the first thing that you see is that there is this critique of the religious establishment and the sense that because of that, the whole thing is going to be torn down and reformed. And that's the chunk that we're hearing today. So what are we to make of all of this? Some of you probably preached, not last Sunday, but the Sunday before, on this very difficult passage. I heard several of your sermons on this in Psalm 501 and, and uh, sympathized with you about the difficulty of preaching on these passages. Apocalyptic writing, as you know, and you hear this in the Revelation story as well, in the passage from Revelation, is all about this idea that the, the course of history has become so tragic and so dire and so counter to God's will that the only thing one can hope for is this dramatic intervention of God, which is a type of reading that emerges out of a sense of fear and hopelessness and a sense that that history is careening out of control however and, and for that reason apocalyptic is often the the readings that the people on the margins turn to because it's the people who have been left out of the course of history who are disadvantaged and on the margins who turn to this kind of thinking because the the promise is that no matter how bad things are getting, or even because things are getting so bad, that's the very sign that God is about to intervene and about to do something new. And so when you, when you hear these apocalyptic readings, 
and about all of the fear and all of the disaster and wars and so forth, it is easy to fall into fear and to despair. And yet, it's important to remember that these readings were meant to give the people hope because they were meant to say, no matter how bad things might seem, this is, and it's here you have it in um, the reading from Mark, this is the beginning of the birth pangs. That's how Mark describes it. This is the beginning of the birth pangs. So instead of seeing it as the end of everything, to see it as the beginning of something. Now, as we look out at the world, these readings may seem particularly timely. There seems to be a sense of history careening out of control. If you look at mass shootings or the dis dissolving of the European Union or the, the dreadful report about the effects of climate change which are upon us with fires and floods and droughts and all of these things, it can seem like all of these apocalyptic warnings are now starting to come true. So the crucial question for Christians is, what do we do with that knowledge, if that is, if we're living in apocalyptic times? The important thing, I think, is to remember what Jesus says, which is, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And this is the time for testimony. So Christians could think, in the face of these cataclysms, that the thing to do is to re retreat into our rapidly shrinking bubbles of safety. And we here at the seminary are in a, something of a bubble of safety. However, that is not what Jesus tells his disciples to do. If you continue to read through Luke's chapter 21, he tells them that this is the time for testimony. This is the time for the disciples to stand firm, to trust, not to be afraid, and to be prepared to bear witness to their faith in the face of these various cataclysms. So, and he has this wonderful image of you'll be brought before kings and governors, and you will be required to testify. But he says, don't be afraid, and don't worry about what you have to say. Don't worry about what you need to say ahead of time, because the Spirit will give you the words. The Spirit will give you the words as long as you trust in me. So paradoxically, these readings that can inspire this sense of fear are actually meant not only to give us hope, but to empower us for the work of witness, which this world needs now more than ever, for this work of testimony. And it may seem to us that we don't have any idea what to say, but what these readings are telling us is that if we get out of our bubbles of safety and we go out to where the need is, the words will be given to us the words of testimony that the Spirit is prompting us to speak, words of love, words of hope, words of empowerment, especially to those who are on the margins of history, that those words will be given to us when our need is greatest, because all of this that is happening is still in the hands of God, and so all we really need to do is to trust and then when the words are given to us, to speak.